a new start. How many of you want a new start? The great thing about a new year is you get a new start. How many of you want a new start? Three of you? Three of you, I want a new start. The great thing about God, our God, the God that we serve, is we get a new start. We get a fresh start, a new beginning. And that's what's so awesome about the new year. How many of you know that God's mercies are new every morning? And so uh, this is a good time to kiss um, 2016 goodbye and begin to embrace 2017. And uh, we're going to do this together as a family. I want to read two scriptures and we're going to pray. Psalms 51:10 through 12, it says this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, say renew, a loyal spirit with me, in me. Do not banish me from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, say restore, to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. How many of you want to say, I want to get renewed? I want to be restored in the presence of God. Make my spirit right for the new year. I want to have my spirit aligned to what God wants me to do. I want to be able to hear his voice because the way that you start something is really going to ter- determine the way you're going to end something. And how many of you want to start the new year right? I can tell you do because you're here, even though hearing the explosions all night long. Last night, not being able to sleep, you came to church, and you are the people that say, I want to start the year out right, because you understand when I sow the first, then the rest is blessed, right? And so I'm going to read one more scripture, Philippians 3, 13 through 16. Y'all know it. Now, dear brothers, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Say one thing. This one thing is actually three things. Let's read it. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe that God will make it plain to you. I think we can all agree today that if we say we're going to move forward, then we got to let some things go, right? This is what Paul said. Even Paul the apostle, he said, I am forgetting what's behind, and I'm pressing forward to what's ahead. I'm going to lay hold of Jesus, and I'm going to press forward. That word press takes some effort. You know, forgetting what's behind sometimes takes some effort. We want to forget what's behind, but sometimes when you walk on a trail and a long journey, you're going to collect some dirt. And uh, sometimes God looks at you and says, okay, we're going to take care of that dirt. How many of you want to take care of some of that dirt today and have a fresh start? Have a fresh start. Awesome. Well, if you want that today, I'm just going to just lift your hands because your prayer has power. If you feel comfortable, just lift your hands because I believe God is going to touch you today. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want a fresh start with you. Thank you for your faithfulness. 
Renew my spirit. Renew my heart. Create a good spirit within me. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Let's give Chris a hand. <laughs> I am I'm extremely excited 2016's gone. This was the year of many things. It was the year of Michael Phelps' face. That's kind of how I felt. There was weird things that happened this year. Like I saw teenagers, clumps of teenagers all over our parking lot looking at the ground. It was the year of Pokemon Go. I can, I can do... I can put that in the past. Can we put Pokemon Go in the past? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We, we could put the election in the past, too. Can we do that? Go ahead. Some of you lost some friends from the election. Just go ahead and, and put it in the, the, the past. Let's go ahead and put the dab in the past, too. Can we put the dab? Let's go ahead. Put the dab in the past. And uh, the, that new running man thing that y'all are doing. I can't do it. So let's just go back. To the original running man, you know, like the Roger Rabbit. I don't, I don't know. Is any youth, if you don't know what, a, if you don't know what the new running man is, um, I might have to get somebody to show you. It is like a, uh, it is like what the real running man should be, but in a very uh, small circular motion and kind of sideways. Uh, Y'all aren't wanting me. Where's Sheikah at? Where's Sheikah? All right, we'll show you after service. I don't know if she's feeling that today. You want to you wanna show us right where you are? That's it right there. That's the running man. Let's put that in the past. Let's, let's, let's go on to the future. Let's put it in the past. There's something actually that um, we should all take with us in the new year. There's some things we need to let go. But there's some things that we need to take with us, and uh, one of the things that we need to take with us is, um, is something that many of you probably, probably would like to <clears throat> ignore. Some of you ignore this. Some of you dread this. Some of you don't want to look at this. Some of you are thinking, <clears throat> uh, when you see this, you run the other direction. And uh, this is something that we're going to take in to the new year, and uh, we should all do it. I need to do it. If you... If you can recognize what this is, this scale. Do you know that there's dust on my scale? <laughs> Look at that dusty scale. You know what I mean? This, this is something that you don't really want to look at. You don't want to step on, but sometimes it, it, it helps you. I've been telling everybody I'm in a bulking season. <laughs> like, you know, lifting weights, I'm in, a, I'm in a bulking season. Leave me alone. Um, to be very honest, my top button is unbuttoned right now on my pants. <laughs> I, have a, I have a belt around it. I'll prove it to you. I have a belt. The only reason I wear a belt is so it keeps me together. But uh, this is unbuttoned for sure. Uh, we, uh, we need to bring the scale. When I say the scale back, God has a scale too. Am I right about it? God has a scale and uh, a lot of times we want uh, we approach God sometimes like we do this scale, and we want to run the other way. We want to not face some things, face the facts. And uh, but the, this is what Proverbs twenty one says. Proverbs twenty one two. 
Proverbs 21 to every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord weighs the heart. The Lord actually puts your heart on a scale and sees if there's unnecessary weight there. The Lord puts your heart on a scale. He sees if motives are right and things are right and thoughts are right. And a lot of times in a year that can be difficult, how many of you are glad to put the floods behind us? We can put the floods behind us, but we can keep the unity that brought, that the floods actually brought. We got to put some things behind us. There might be some good things you got from this year, but there might be some things that you collected that you don't really even know that you collected. And that's what God does. He really examines our heart. And the Bible says that his word is like a scalpel. So it goes into our heart and it detects our heart and it begins to see things that are there that shouldn't be there, and he very strategically cuts things out that doesn't belong in our heart. How many of you want to say today, God, if it doesn't belong, go ahead and take it. If it doesn't belong, go ahead and take it. And so I want to give you quickly today, because we have our kids with us today, I want to give you three steps, three steps of a new start, three steps of a new start. I believe when you step into these steps, you're going to become a new person. And the first one is this, and it pertains to the scale. The first one is this. If you want a new start, then you have to get real. If you want a new start, you have to get real. Ignoring the problems in your life isn't going to fix them. Ignoring the things that you keep tripping up and doing is not going to solve the problem. Just saying I'm going to forget about it but not let God do the work in me isn't going to cause it to go away. And a matter of fact, you know, if you don't fill yourself up, the Bible says that the enemy comes back with seven of his friends and tries to look for a space in your life where he can enter. And I believe at the beginning of the year, we are going to empty all of that that's not right in our lives, get us in order, and then fill our lives and our temples so that the enemy doesn't have a chance with us this year. Do you believe that? John 8.32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. If you're going to go to a trainer and you're going to say, this is the year I'm going to get in, in shape, he's going to say, step on the scale. You might not want to. He's going to say the first thing we need to do, we got to step on the scale. And today, if you want to be able to live a life that's full of freedom and peace and joy and victory in 2017, you might as well go ahead and step on the spiritual scale and see what God has to do in our lives so that we can really walk in freedom. Do y'all want that? Listen to Hebrews 12:1. Therefore... We also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, say every weight, and sin, say sin, which so easily ensnares us. L listen to this word ensnare. This word indicates like a web, a web. You know, a spider that it gets its web together and it waits for a prey. This is what extra weight or sin does in our life. It ensnares us so that we can't be free and do the things that God called us to do. How many of you want to get free of all snares in your life? And let us run with endurance. 
the race that is set before us. These are a couple of questions I want to ask, I want you to ask yourself. Are a couple of things or ways to evaluate your heart. The first one is this what grabs your focus more than God? What grabs your focus more than God? Because God does not want us to have any kind of idols in our life. So the thing that you're more passionate about than God, then you have to be real and say, I'm more passionate about this than God. I'm more passionate about Facebook than God. I'm more passionate about this relationship than God. I'm more passionate about my work than God. This is what consumes me. This is what I have a passion for. And stepping on the scale, you have to say, let's really be real with myself. Do I have as much passion for God as that thing that grabs my attention, that series on Netflix, that thing on, that, that you want to you wanna just like you gravitate to? How many of you want to gravitate to God more than you gravitate to that thing? I mean, before thinking of that thing, that thing might not be wrong, but if it gets your attention off and you put it on a pedestal before God, God calls it an idol. And so if there are idols in our life, things that that we go to before we go to God, how many of you know that God is our great physician? Sometimes we go to medicine before we go to God. We go to doctors before we go to God. All those things are good. But we don't put our trust in those things. We put our trust in God. In 2016, you might have picked up some bad habits. You might have picked up some things, some attitudes, some things in your heart that you got to let go. You know, a lot of times we think we just because we're okay with them, God is, and it's not the truth. So if we have attitudes towards friends and family and even people, even enemies, if we have attitudes, God will put your heart on a scale and say, see that bitterness it's not, you're not weighing up right. You see that attitude, you think you're over it. You know, you think you're over it, but every time you get around somebody, you have to talk about somebody, you, then you're not over it. You're like, I'm just saying it so we can pray for them. No, you're not. You're not saying it so you can pray for them. It, is a, it can be a bitterness in your heart. How many of you want to let that go? That's all weight. Have you ever tried to run with a lot of weight? If you just have a heavy book sack on your back or, or just heavy, try to run with that, it's going to be very hard for you to endure. And God is, is going to put our hearts on a scale today and say this, this, and this can go so that we can really move forward. You know, it's really, it's really important that when we notice things in our life that we don't just say, God, I'm sorry, and we try to move forward, we should talk to God about it. Am I right about it? Jesus even told us in Matthew 5, he says, when we pray to God, go to God and say, God, cause me to resist temptation. Cause me, keep me from the evil one. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you really want to move forward, then we got to talk about it. You know, in a marriage you can't just like throw problems away. Sometimes you got to talk about it and you got to fix them. And a lot of times we want to ignore things in our life, but God is saying, no, let's talk about it. I want to help you out in this. The problem is when we think we don't need God's help and we find ourselves in the wrong direction because God wants you to rely on him to live in, fr- in freedom. That's what true grace is. Are you right? Are you, are you feeling like today that you have some things in your life that you need to let go of? I believe 
that we can go ahead and do that. Because, see, the cross, the cross is like stepping on the scale. Evaluating the cross is like stepping on the scale. You know, if you step on the scale and it's way too much, you might find some supplements and some things to try to help you out, right? If you, it, and the cross is like stepping on the scale. When you go to God and you evaluate the cross, it's like stepping on the scale. And the blood of Jesus is like our supplement. It helps us get in line with God. And so before we go any further in the message, I think as a family, we can take communion together. Because communion is stepping on the spiritual scale of our life. Communion is stepping into what God sees and views certain things, and he pinpoints things in our life that we need to let go of so that we can be free. And if it's something that you feel like you can't let go of, then you have to go to God and say, God, I need your grace. I need your help to let go of this thing in my life. How many of you want to take communion today and do some business with God? You know, even as children, it's important that we know as children that we have, we take communion as a family. As a family, we evaluate our hearts and we say, this in my life is not right. So you don't have to be perfect in front of your kids. You just need to be honest. And when you're wrong, just say you're wrong. When you blew it, say I blew it, I'm sorry. It's important that we understand and have a culture that we rely on God to really live for him. Can we take communion today? See, going to the cross and seeing what Jesus did on the cross, even when he shed his blood in the garden, it, it really reveals, because of his faithfulness to say, God, your will, not my will be done. It reveals in us a will. It reveals in us like, oh, I'm not like that yet. I'm not like that yet. I need to be more faithful. When they're plucking out his beard and, and, and trashing him and he has nothing to say, and you see the security in God, it evaluate, you can evaluate your life and say, have I been secure in Jesus? Have I been secure in Jesus? Or do I care about the way I look all the time? Do I care about my appearance too much? Do I feel like I'm stupid? Do I, do I call myself things that God does not call me? A lot of times we want to have a pity party about those things, but they don't line up to God's word. He says, get rid of those things. How many of you want to be secure in Jesus? It's really at the cross when we evaluate the cross and see the discipline of Jesus that we evaluate if we have discipline in our lives and if we're using our temple for his glory or not. Am I right? When we evaluate the cross, we can see areas in our life that we have fear and not faith. And those times when we feel empty and, and full of fear, we have to know that those things we have to eliminate from our life. If there are areas in your life where you feel at, um, you don't feel at ease, you know, you, it's hard to trust God. God says, I want, you to, I want you to get rid of that. I want you to, if there are things in your life, if there are bitterness, if there's bitterness in your life, come on. When you think of somebody, you, you make that face like you just ate a lemon. You know, it's just like whenever you mention them, it's just like you just crinkle your face. Well, that's a sign of bitterness. How many of you know that bitterness can cause you to step out of the plan of God? It's not worth it. Even, even if you have been done wrong 
you have to let go of offense and bitterness in your life. And, you know, the ultimate one, God says, you can really sum up all the word of God by this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love God with everything. In other words, put him first. And this is the biggest one. The biggest one is your relationship with Jesus. Have you been running to him? And have you been seeking him? Or has he been a secondary thing in your life? These are things that we go to the cross and say, no, God, I need your help. Your blood washes me from all that sin. And I believe today when we go to the cross, you're going to begin to get a clean slate. Isn't that what's awesome about our Jesus? He gives us a clean slate. Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. I mean, he says, you can do better than that. Come on. He says that your sins go as far as the east to the west, that they're no more, that you have a clean slate. Can we do that together before we start the message? I got two more points for you. But before we, we continue the message, do you have the communion with you right now? Let's do something. Let's all just stand up right where we are. And I want us to evaluate our hearts before we move on today. And when we take this bread, it is saying that we're taking the word of God. It, we're taking his correction, not bad correction, but his alignment in your life. We're saying, here are the things that are not right in my life. God, I receive your correction. I repent. So this, taking this is really repentance. Am I right about it? Taking this, evaluating the cross is saying, God, I see who you are, I see your word, and I see where you are pinpointing things in my life, and I say, God, I, I want to do away with those things. I want to do away with those things. Come on, right where you are, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to, to evaluate the cross. When I say that, I want you to see Jesus on the cross, and I want you to know that he died on the cross for our sins. And right where you are, under your breath, say, Jesus, show me things that don't belong to you in my life. Come on, right now, he's speaking to your heart, and he's saying that unforgiveness, that bad habit, that wrong attitude, I want you to eliminate that from your life. Come on. Before we take this, I want you to say this with me. Lord, as I take the bread that represents your body, I receive your word, and I turn away from my sin. Come on, go ahead and take the body, the bread. Jesus doesn't leave us there. He gives us the blood, which is an antidote for your sin. It washes your sin away. It sets you apart. It cleanses you. Not only that, but this blood gives you the power to overcome sin. Come on, are you happy about that? You say, man, I don't, I don't really understand that. You don't have to understand it. You just have to believe that the blood of Jesus, when, I say, when we say, God, I believe that you shed your blood for me. It was the price that you paid that you're giving me the grace to overcome sin in my life. Right where you are, I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for your blood. The new covenant that washes me clean, that gives me the correct nature in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, take, take the cup. And right where you are, I want you to just lift your hands. And I want you to thank him for his blood. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that we're able to have a fresh start. Lord, we thank you that you're able to get rid of all the excess weight that does not belong to you. And Lord, we thank you that we come into grace. We will not feel defeated. We know that you finished the work that you started in us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the grace to move forward. We thank you that our past is over. We thank you, Lord, that your grace is greater than the things that we deal with. And we thank you that our future is brighter, that you have us in your hand, that you believe in us. We thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter how much we fall. You believe in us. You pick us back up. And, Lord, you dust us off and you make us renewed. We thank you that today we're becoming renewed. We thank you that today we're going to begin to hear your voice clearer, that we're going to begin to seek after your face harder. And, Lord, that you're going to be begin to direct the the way of our heart lord we thank you for it in the mighty name of jesus and everybody says amen come on give god a hand you could be seated i'm going to give you two more points two more points how many of you know that there are fruits of repentance there are fruits of repentance so when you repent the bible says that you act a certain way this is what second corinthians 7 11 says this is how we get real. These are the fruits of repentance. Just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. Such earnestness, such concern to clear yourself, so, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal, and such readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you have done everything necessary to meet, make things right. Which brings me to my next point. If we truly repent, then we make this decision to seek first Jesus in our life, to seek him first. We know the scripture in Matthew 6 that says, seek first the kingdom of God and all other things are added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So now that we say we have a clean slate, this is how we really turn. We make a decision. Now, God, I'm going to seek you more than I was seeking that other thing. I'm going to turn my eyes to you more than the things that distracted me and the things that locked me up in my emotions. I'm going to begin to turn to you. It's a decision. It's fruits of repentance. It's not going on saying I'm just going to live my, my, my life the way I always lived it. It's saying I'm going to begin to turn and focus on you. How many of you know that takes some effort? I would like to say that it didn't take effort, that God's going to put it in you, and you're just going to, you're going to, he's going to make you seek first. He's not going to make you seek first. And you might not feel like seeking first, but true repentance says, God, I'm going to begin to evaluate your face. I'm going to begin to seek after you. How many of you want to do that? If you want to seek God first, then the first thing we have to do is we have to set a distraction-free devotional time in our life. And I say a distraction-free because this is so important. I don't know how many people I talk to that they say, you know what? My time with God is really just driving down the road. I think you should pray driving down the road. That's good. Or my time is when I'm at work and I'm doing this and that. I pray. I think that's good. But Jesus gave us wisdom. He said, when you go pray, go into a room and shut the door behind you. Why? Because Jesus understood that the enemy's main objective is to distract you. You're feeling God riding down the road. All of a sudden, somebody cuts you off. 
throws you off. God is saying, if you want to begin to seek me and pray, then go ahead and set a time. Jesus did it all the time. If Jesus had to go away with no distractions, how much more do we have to go away with no distractions? Yeah, you've got a hand if you want to. I mean, Jesus did it. We're following after him. So it is setting time to say, I want a devotional time with you, not when it's just convenient for me, and I'll just pray on the way here and there, but I'm going to set time apart. I'm going to close the door where there's no distraction. I'm going to put my phone up. I'm going to put my phone up. You know, the, the good thing about phones is you can use them for God, and you can read scriptures and all that, but how many of you know if you're reading scriptures and uh, you're ser- searching after God, you, you're getting 15 text messages. You can't seek God with 15 text messages. coming. We're just being practical here. Turn that thing on airplane mode or something. Let people know I, this is my time for God. I'm going to set this time apart for God. I'm going to begin to seek God. See, when you seek God, everything else falls into place. I want to challenge you to hold up on your New Year's resolution and have one resolution to seek after God. Because when we do that, he will make all the resolutions fit in your life. So a lot of times, you see, you have two different kind of personalities. One personality that doesn't want to make any goals, and another personality that makes too many goals. You have one personality that says, I'll avoid any kind of challenge in my life whatsoever. And you have another personality that says, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to work it out on my own. And God is saying, why don't you seek me and see what I want you to do this year? So instead of starting writing down all your goals and the things you want, why don't we seek God and see what he wants for our life? If you're going to do a devotional and you're going to put yourself away and really hear his voice, then it's important that we read his word and we pray. It goes hand in hand. If you read his word, I want to challenge you to write in a journal because you have to actually say what God is speaking to you. When you write things down, you have to say, this is what God is speaking to me. The times that God is speaking to me most is the times when I I write things down. I I recognize when I'm not hearing God the clearest is the times when I'm not writing down the things that God is telling me. Maybe you had a journal. Maybe you wrote in it a, a, a lot at one time. Have you ever saw a past journal and read something that you wrote down and said, man, I can't believe I even wrote that? And you're like, well, how far have I gone off? That was really good. I need to take notes from my past journal. God wants you to have a new one. And when you journal, this is what you're journaling. God, this is how I see you. Now, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God begins to speak to you, and you begin to pray. See, the word of God will begin to spur your prayers. If you don't know how to pray, you begin to read the word of God, and it will begin to spur your prayer. And you let the Holy Spirit begin to take control of your prayer. The next, the next word nobody really likes, it's a four-letter word. It's called a fast. A fast. If you really want to have a fresh start, then begin to fast some things in your life. You can start by TV. You can start by Facebook. You can start by Instagram. God wants to wake you up in the morning, but we're scrolling in the morning. God wants to wake you up and get your mind set right, but sometimes we have so many distractions. Fast some things. This church is starting a 21-day fast starting Wednesday. We got two days to get our mind right. Look at your neighbor and say, you got two days to get your mind right. 
So starting now, we're beginning to seek God and preparing our heart for a fast. Ask God what you should fast. See, our spirit, our spirit is like the pipeline to the spiritual realm. Am I right about it? Our spirit, we're all made up. We have a a body, right? We have a shell. We have a soul, which is our mind and our emotions and our will, but we have a spirit. And our spirit is our pipeline to God. Now, when we go through a lot of stuff, our pipeline gets clogged. Fasting is your Drano. Fasting is your Drano. When you begin to eliminate things from your life, it begins to eradicate all the junk and all the clutter and all the stuff in the drain so that you can hear clearly God's voice. I want to challenge you this Wednesday to start a 21-day fast that works for you, something that's actually a sacrifice because God wants you to put some things away. You say, why do I have to fast? Because Jesus did. If Jesus had to fast, see, Jesus fasted the first day his ministry began, he began to fast because he's trying to teach us something. At the beginning of something, get clear. At the beginning of the year, get clear. You know, we want to jump out there and say, I'm going to declare this for my year and that for my year. How about get a word from God and begin to declare that? You know, we can be all super spiritual all the time because we know all the Christianese. We're going to say this is a year of this and that. How about we just admit we don't really know yet. We're seeking God. We don't really have our resolutions together yet. We're seeking God. Maybe you've been fasting all this time. Awesome. But the majority of us are, 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 are living it up on the holidays, having to unbutton our pants, right? And so it's a good time to say, I'm going to set some things aside. Jesus, when he spoke about fasting, he says, when you fast. In other words, he's alluding to the fact that he expects you to fast. So when we fast, this should be a routine in our life. You know, there are people that are radical uh, people in the gym and different things, they, they eliminate tons of stuff in their life to get fit. How many of you know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that's good? But, but it's a lot more important to take care of your spirit. It's a lot more important to take care of your heart. I'm going to get Chris or Bray to come and play, and this is the last thing. So number one, we have to get real, right? Get real. And number two, you have to seek first. These are the fruits of our repentance. And the third one is this. The third one is to dream big. Because the Holy Spirit, when you begin to fast, the Holy Spirit, its language is dreams and visions. This is his language. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody that spoke a different language? It's very difficult. You're, <laughs> are you the kind of people that you talk to somebody and if they speak Spanish, you start sounding like Asian and you start talking louder? It's not going to change anything. You can start trying to talk with an accent and you can try to start to talk louder. They're not going to get it. You might as well go ahead and get a thing on your app that's a translation app and just translate what you say and try to speak Spanish. They probably still won't understand you. But this language, if we're going to do something, i got to learn your language. If we're going to get together, I'm going to learn your language. And the language of the Holy Spirit, the language of a clear, a clear spirit is dreams and visions. 
And I want to challenge you to do something this year at the start that's very different because a lot of times we step into dreams and visions and we all of a sudden go to ministry or finances and we start to have dreams and visions of great things God can do. I want to challenge you to do this first with dreams and visions, to begin to dream with God, to begin to dream with God about y'all's relationship. Begin to dream about your relationship with Jesus. What do you want as far as your relationship with God? I love that Abraham was called a friend of God, that God couldn't hold any secrets from Abraham. God knew I got to tell him this because he's going to know something's up. How close do you want to be with God? When you're close to God, things begin to happen in your life, people's lives change. There's fruit that comes from your life. Imagine what your life is like when we truly abide in him. The Bible says that he is the vine, we are the branches. We have to be connected in him and he connected in us. Not that we put on our prayer hat and then go on with our life or put on our church hat and go on with our life, but we are connected with him in such a way that he is directing every step of our life. The Bible says that it's important to take all that we do for God and we lay it at the feet. All that we do, we think about God. How close do you want to be with God? The Bible says that he is not a respecter of persons. Come on, how about we dream about our relationship with Jesus? I was praying this morning, God, I want you to visit me. I want you, I want you early in the morning, you to begin to speak to me. Late at night, instead of being so consumed with things, God, I just want, I want your presence. I want you to visit me with encounters. I want you to visit me where I'm driving down the road and I feel your spirit hit me and I just begin to cry. And I begin to feel God's presence. And I feel no worry and no anything but you that I want to fill you in a way that's tangible. And I want to hear your voice that's clearer than you hearing my voice right now. God, I want you to speak to me in a new way. I want you to show me a new way to hear your voice. I don't want what I had in the past. I need a new encounter with you. I want angelic visitations. You might say that's weird. It's in the Bible. Read the Bible and get jealous. This is good jealousy. God, if they had it, I want it. And the Bible says that whatever you do, whatever you seek, you're going to find. That's a promise from God. It's our Father, a promise to say whatever you ask, you'll receive. I believe if you ask him to do something, he's going to do it. I believe, God, you're going to teach me to hear your voice and to feel your presence and to begin to work in my life where I'm so consumed with you. You're the one thing that matters to me. Come on, Paul said, Paul said, he said, I count everything else in my life as loss, as almost like garbage compared to Jesus. I want to be like that. If I can be honest, there are times in my life when I'm not like that. I'm just consumed with all kinds of things going on in my life. How about as a family together? We say we're going to begin to put God first and dream about our relationship with God. And guess what? Everything else is going to come. All your resolutions, all the things that you struggle in, 
all the things that you feel like you have to do in your own strength, God's going to say, I'm going to give you a grace to do it because you are dreaming about the right thing. You are putting me first. This is the year that dreams and visions will come to pass. This is the year that God is going to repay all that the enemy tried to steal from you. This is the year where there is payback seven times. This is the year where things begin to happen and you are surprised by the hand of God because he's going to remind you of the dreams and the things you've declared in the past years. This is going to be the year of jubilee where God's going to begin to show out and show off in your life and you can can't take credit for anything, you're going to have to say, God did it, and he's so good. This is the year that God is going to redeem you. This is the year that God's going to show out. We're going to say goodbye to 2016, begin to seek the face of God and see him show up in our life. We're going to put all our eggs in one basket. We're going to say, I put all my trust in you. I'm going to put everything in you because I was born for your presence.